And you're on. Beep, beep, honk if you like election profit makers. I can't hear you. Give your car a little honk if you like election profit makers, the podcast. If you feel some electricity in the air right now, guys, if you feel like uh, your hair standing up on end or you feel a crackle of energy in the air, don't worry. You're not going to get hit by lightning. You're going to get hit by a wonderful 100,000 volt dose of your favorite podcast, Election Profit Makers, this podcast. Oh, and by the way, honk if you like Election Profit Makers. I can't hear you. Beep, beep. <laughs> okay. Hey, that's fun. Anyway, I'm David and I'm joined by John. What's up, man? Nothing much. Just um, just enjoying my uh, fasting for the 24 hours. Yeah. Before I have my med- uh, let's not talk about it. We no, about it. let's no. talk about it. You're fasting because you're going to get a... Colonoscopy. Colonoscopy. And as is my birthright as an elderly man. That's right. And so you have to drink, what, a gallon of water? Well, you have to drink water, but they gave me some solution that I have to mix up in a huge tub. Yeah, and it tastes like shit. Yeah. Yeah. It said on the instructions, it said, to make it more palatable, the pharmacist may include, like, lemon flavoring. And then I was like, ooh, I'm going to get a little packet of, like, lemon flavoring. My pharmacist didn't give me shit for this no, thing. No, no. I'm going to be either. raw dogging this. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then you have to have an enema. I'll do that tomorrow that? morning before my procedure. Okay. And then your procedure will go off fine. And I'll probably get my – I'll probably wake up, come out of it feeling rested for the first time in, like, two months. I can't wait. I'm excited for you. But, John, let's begin our podcast episode now, not with a whimper, but with a bang. Last week, you were complaining that there was no news and there was nothing to talk about and you were so bored and you were so over it and so above it all and blah, blah, blah. Why is there nothing happening on Earth? Why is Earth so boring? And now look at us one week later. Just just look at all the news that happened. I know. It, it was a great week. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's if, disgust. Don't say that. What? Say it was news. a great week for news. Right, okay, yeah, say that. Yeah, it was yeah. a great week right. for stories and news and, and <laughs> content. I didn't like it. Okay, so we had two of the biggest news stories of the year occur. Uh, mm-hmm. I think at this point the biggest news story of the year is probably Trump being indicted multiple times. Uh, the second biggest news story of the year would be this Russian mutiny, the Wagner... Uh, private military company marching on Moscow. And uh, right behind that is, of course, the Titan sub that mm. was um, the ill-fated trip down to the Titanic. Two entrepreneurs, each in their own way, taking the reins of history and yanking yanking them in unexpected directions. The former caterer and hot dog salesman who runs the Wagner Group, whose name I can't say because i don't understand it i think it's prigozin but i only read it i don't i i, I don't know well, that they're... sounds like one of my colonoscopy medications hmm. and then on the other side we have um what's his name he has the most ceo name of all time stockton rush richard stockton rush his friends call him Stockton. Stockton? i mean it's just like they're sitting there in the sub and they're talking to him and they're like well what does stockton think and i'm like I know that's his name, but they actually call him that? 
Stockton. So he was born into wealth and privilege, and he was an entrepreneur himself. He wanted to revolutionize underwater travel. I did some reading about this fellow. He's a real American. He's a real American character, or he yeah. was, I should say, in the yeah. past tense, because he is no longer alive. Yeah, I think his goal was to try to build these submersibles uh, for tourism and commercial use and do it cheaper mm -hmm. than uh, the way that has been established over the last 35, 40 years, which is using steel hulls and titanium and stuff like that. He wanted to use carbon fiber, which was pretty experimental. Amazing email exchanges about how regulation stifles innovation. I mean, probably true mm -hmm. in theory, but it, you know, at a certain point, um, it's probably good. So we made predictions last week. My prediction was that they would be found on the surface. And your prediction was they'd never be found. And that they would be crushed. They would be crushed. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So they were found. The The debris field they was found. They were not found. The debris field was found. Right. No, there were no, no remains found and nor will there be any because... Yeah, the implosion at that depth is so violent. And that is what I have spent most of my week thinking about. Just like every half an hour, that's what I think about. How incredible mm -hmm. that, I mean, it's, it's gruesome, but it's fascinating to me. Did you find that fascinating in any way? Well, as I mentioned last week, this is the first news story that completely dominated my TikTok experience. So I watched a thousand videos on TikTok of people with experience in underwater submersibles calling out Stockton Rush for his dangerous ideas, and then other people just being haunted by how they died or the fact that, oh, maybe they're locked in the sub and they can't get out. But the thing that really stuck with me was the fact that at that depth, the implosion is so quick, it happens before your brain realizes it has happened. So you, you're dead before your brain even can anticipate it. Like Right. Because it's all happening in a matter of milliseconds. Which was so crazy that his idea that he had this warning system that would go off. Yeah. And in the way <laughs> and in the way carbon fiber fails is that it's just immediate. So it would be like, yeah, it would go it wasn't, off. It wasn't wasn't going to be like you have ten seconds no. until it would just catastrophic be, collapse. I mean, yeah, it's like the end of the Sopranos. It happens before you know it's happened. And then I got really stuck in like a mental loop of. Thinking, so that means that I could die now. No, wait, I'm still here. I didn't die, but I could die right now. No, it didn't happen, so I'm still alive. But what if the last thing what if the last thing I ever think is this? And I went through these weird cycles for like minutes at a time where I was kind of like not paralyzed, but kind of uh yeah, it, it was it was haunting. It was weird. It's weird yeah. to think about that you're that you're, you know. I guess if you believe in an afterlife, then it just is like blink, and then you're in another place. And then you wake up in heaven. It's sort of like have you, if you've ever passed out before. I, I've passed out a few times, you know, like at the doctor's office or taking blood or something. You pass out, and you almost, I every time it happens to me, I immediately go into a dream. So it's just like I'm at the doctor's office, and then it's just like, oh, here I am, and then I wake up, and I'm like, whoa, what am I doing here? And they're like, yeah, you passed out for a second. Right. So maybe it's like that. They're just like in heaven. Mm. No, you don't think so? So I was curious about the physics of the whole thing. And me being a scientist, no, I'm not a scientist, but I, if you could just indulge me for a moment, I started doing the math 
yesterday, some mathematical calculations. And (laughs) (laughs) so the sub is at that depth is withstanding 6,000 pounds per square inch. So I was just trying to imagine what that would feel like and how much weight that would be for a normal human. So I looked up an average man, human man has 7,000 square inches of surface area on their body. Okay. Hmm. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you take 6,000 pounds for each of those. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. The average man has 7,000 square inches of surface area? That yeah. can't be right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. All right. Okay. okay. You can look you can look it up. You can you can check, you know, check it out on your your computer. Look it up in your computer. Maybe I'll use my computer to check it out. And um, I think it was 18,000 centimeters is what it said, but I converted it to inches because, you know, I'm an American. That's what we did. Yep. So um, if you take that 6,000 pounds of square pressure for each inch on your body, all happening at once, the 7,000 inches, that's 6,000 times 7,000. That comes up to 42 million pounds of pressure. Mm. Is that how it works? So... If that's not how it works, I'm sure our listeners will write in and tell tell us. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, what is 42 million pounds? What that I don't I don't know what that means. So I looked up, and a large car weighs about 4,200 pounds. So, it's the equivalent of being crushed by 10,000 cars. Hmm. And if you were to, I don't know if you can multiply it by five because there were five people, but if you did that, that's 50,000 cars, and that's about. 200 million pounds, which is about how much an aircraft carrier weighs. So it's like if someone dropped Dropped an aircraft carrier carrier on on you, what would be left? Nothing. Not uh, maybe a hair, but 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 probably just like some liquid, some goo, some paste. And just to be clear, because this is the thing that I – this is another thing I got stuck on mentally that's so haunting. When we talk about the pressure at those low depths, those deep depths, mm-hmm. all we're talking about is just the weight of the water. Right. Right? It's not yeah. like they're closer to the center of the earth, so gravity is stronger. It's not no. like that, right? No. It's just that you have so much water <laughs> on top of you. It's incredible. It's not like an explosion where everything's blown out. Everything is blown in. It's just like hard to imagine. Yeah. Trying to recreate something like that on the surface. It would be like you would put an object there and then surround it with explosives all turned inward at that object, all exploding at each other at the same time. And you realize and then it happens so fast that it creates heat as well that it's just like, boom, all of a sudden you're part of the ocean. You're you're just you're just gone. So yeah, they're yeah. they're not gonna find anything. Yeah, fifty thousand vehicles or um or an aircraft carrier. I think an aircraft carrier is probably easier to imagine, but I don't know if people know how big an aircraft carrier is. So then I started thinking about how many bodies it would be. And what's a Bodhi? Uh, Bodhi is um, a unit of measurement that is 70 pounds, which represents my Oh, wait, my, this is, you're talking dog. about your dog? Yes, my oh, dog. okay. Bodhi. Yeah. Okay. So my dog weighs 70 pounds. So it would be 600,000 Bodhis, mm. which would be like 10 football stadiums 
of large dogs. Wow. That's another way to imagine it. That's a really intuitive way to imagine it. I have a feeling that's going to that's going to go viral because it's going to be really relatable to a lot of people. And yeah, it I thought really so. makes everything really clear. I thought it might be. So That's a good mathematical calculation. Yeah. And it, it could all be wrong, but it's, uh, I don't think it is. I think I, I think I did a pretty good job. The story reminds me of something that, that I heard about once, and I can't remember if we've ever discussed this on our podcast, Election Profit Makers, but once when we were shooting Going Deep, we were at Edwards Air Force Base, and we were setting up for a shoot and then we noticed this huge room a very very high high ceilinged room that had a door that closed it off and set into the wall of the room was a massive loudspeaker just like a huge massive subwoofer in my mind it's like two stories tall but that can't be right but in my mind it was gigantic and that was basically the only thing in the room there were a bunch of guys standing around with clipboards and computers and stuff. And so obviously we had to say like, well, what's the deal with this loudspeaker? Like, what's going on in here? And they said, oh, this is the room where we test components to see if they can withstand the sound vibrations of a space shuttle launch. So we basically used this massive speaker to simulate the, the same level of volume that you would hear on the launch pad of a space shuttle. And then we put components in this room, and obviously we leave the room and close the door behind us. And then we turn it on. And I can't remember if they play recordings of actual space shuttle launches or if they just simulate it somehow with their guitar right. pedals or whatever. They're probably using like overdrive pedals and, you know, a lot of distortion and stuff. And maybe like an octave pedal to get the real low end. Okay. And, you know, they said it's really dangerous and, 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 and one time a mouse, one time we opened up the door after running our experiments and we oh, realized no. that unfortunately a mouse had been in the room when we did our sound vibration tests. And the, ma the sound waves were so powerful they had liquefied the mouse. So it's, it's something it like that. Like it, turns that. You, it turns you into a different state of matter. You go from like solid to liquid or it, gas just, even, right? Yeah, in a millisecond. It's a fable for our times. Well, so one of the, one of the billionaires, one or one of the guys that was down there, was like, "What does it matter if something happens? I'm not going to know. It's just going to happen." I mean, yeah, that's be one gone. way to. I, that is one way to think about it, but I mean, it's a bit selfish. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's not going to matter for you, but right. you know, your family, friends, business associates, maybe the industry might might affect them. But yeah, for you, you'll just disappear. But all the resources it had to go into searching in this fruitless search in the ocean, right? But it is true that if your attitude—I mean, if it—if it was the case that the way humans died was—and this was true for all humans—that they died instantly with no foreknowledge of it—that would really change our society, right? Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I was getting stuck on when I was watching these TikTok videos. That's interesting, but we right? know that's not true. No, it's not true. It's not true. In fact, it's not true for 99 point. It's got, it's got to be not true for almost all deaths. So will this, because this story has so many elements, it does feel to me like a modern parable about hubris and tech, tech innovators and disruptors who think they're so smart. And then they wind up having to be bailed out, so to speak. I mean, obviously, in this case, they were not successfully bailed out. But it's like, I can go it alone. Regulations are dumb. Oversight is for wussies. And then something happens. And then the banks get bailed out. 
or all the navies and helicopters show up to try to find these people, right? This story really resonated with a lot of people because it's so nuts and so perfect for our for our age. Do you think this could actually change how people perceive other tech disruptors like the wonderful Mark Zuckerberg or the heroic Elon Musk, these other people who are trying to move fast and break things? Or is this going to be seen as an anomaly that doesn't relate to something like – I mean, the guy literally said he wanted he wanted this to be the SpaceX of ocean exploration, right? Right. right. He really looked up to Elon Musk. I don't know if it's going to uh, affect people's view across the board. It's just like you're every man. I don't know if there people are that deep to think about that. I think we, we might think about that. I think people in the industry might think about it. So I think it will probably affect how – people invest in places like SpaceX or Tesla and things like that. Because I've decided that after this new, I will not go to Mars. I'm not going to join Elon Musk on a flight to Mars. This has spooked me. Yeah. No, it spooked me too. And I was already spooked about like the Blue Origin thing, you know, Jeff Bezos's thing. I mean, first of all, that spaceship looks so crappy. His spaceship, which is which, I remember, yeah, right, which is like this little Ocean Gate Titan submersible. It looked like crap as well, and I know the that, in, I, the the interior for that thing. I wouldn't, tr- I wouldn't trust, no. I wouldn't get in that thing to like go down the street. No, absolutely not. And you should that should be the same with Blue Origin. You should look at the outside with all like the stains and you know burn marks on it, and be like. I don't know. And they're like, well, we've tested it 16 times. Mm-mm. I'm like, mm, you know, the space shuttle went up like 20 times and blew up twice. That photo of him sitting inside his little capsule holding up his video game controller and the only there's no there's like no dials or furniture. It's just like two video screens on the floor. It looks like a dude who just got divorced and just got a bachelor apartment <laughs> in his mid fifties and he's forgotten how to buy furniture because his wife always did all that. But that's and all he has is like his I mean, that's truly what, and he's holding up a video game controller and you're like, how's your life? Well, you know, obviously I still have a little work to do on the apartment. Uh, but I do have my video game controller and I got a couple monitors on the floor here. I don't have any pictures or food or anything like that. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to take this down to the bottom of the sea, this bachelor apartment. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it was like a hobby sub. If you compared it to the the Challenger Deep uh, sub that Ca- James Cameron built and you look at that sub, I mean, that sub right. had so many pipes and wires and every – I mean, it was – yeah. You've got to have pipes and wires if you yeah. want to go anywhere, guys. And no space. The more space, the more it's going to crush you. It's got to be tight in there. Well, that story seems to be over. I don't think there's any more twists or turns no, left. No, the to Russian be thing totally stepped on it. I wasn't done yet. I wanted to keep going. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, um, why don't you explain to everybody what the Russian thing was? For those of you who weren't up all night during those exhilarating, what was it, 36 hours? It was really yeah, quick. It was quick. I mean, so this guy who runs this paramilitary group, the Wagner Group, which is, I guess you could say it's equivalent to what Blackwater is here. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a private security, but it's probably much larger than Blackwater, and they do all staffed sorts of by things. idealists who want to make a positive humanitarian difference in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so this was their Eric Prince. Uh, Prig, 
Gozen, I believe. He was upset because he felt that the Ministry of Defense in Russia was not doing a very good job and that they had targeted some of his men or maybe him or maybe it was by accident. But either way, or maybe he made all that up. That was just what he was going to use. And he said, I'm going to I'm basically going to march into Russia and and Mm -hmm. take over this town, which was one of their big military towns, uh, Rostov, um, which he quickly did very easily. And then they went on and marched another 200 kilometers up to midway to Moscow and and didn't have much. Uh, yeah, they not much resistance from anybody. And you were getting excited. Yeah. I was like, whoa, they're really going to because I remember in 1991, we had that little coup. That was pretty exciting. You mean with Yeltsin? Yeah. So then all of a sudden he announced, no, it's over. We're turning around. I've gotten uh, what I need. And I was never planning on throwing overthrowing the government. I, I just wanted to make a point about- He just wanted to flex. Yeah. It was a flex. I, it wasn't a coup. But, I, but still, I, I still don't understand it that- but people say that that's sort of a normal thing in Russia. He was another disruptor whose innovation was being stifled by by regulation from the from the defense ministry. So he uh, wanted to remind everyone that he doesn't play by everyone else's rules and he can do what he wants, right? I'm telling you, man, it's these disruptors. But was he in a was he in a desperation situation? Like maybe they were saying, "We're going to take your army away from you and fold it into the Russian army," and he's thinking that's going to destroy my business. I'm going to march on. Moscow. So he still is control of the Wagner Group, but he's in Belarus now. He's left Russia, right? Yeah. But does he have control of the Wagner Group now? I don't know. Nobody knows. But we'll figure it out. We will? Yeah, you and me will figure it okay. out now. No, nobody knows at this point. Well, somebody knows. But um, so he's going to go to Belarus and everyone's saying he's going to fall out of a window. Right. He'll be defenestrated. Putin's apparently weaker. This guy's weaker. Who knows? Mm. But it was it was it was interesting. Two huge news stories to occupy your attention over the past week. Yeah, there's nothing else comes close, right? No, no. North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson endorsed Trump. That's not really interesting. That was a no brainer. Mm-hmm. Robinson is a maniac. Of course, he was going to endorse Trump. Um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Well, here's some huge predicted news. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has actually. I don't understand how this happened. Yeah. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has been added to the predicted market about the 2024 Democratic presidential nominee. Is predicted going rogue? Remember, weren't we talking a few weeks ago? I was wondering why certain people weren't showing up in different markets. And it was like, oh, it's too late. You can't add them. But predicted? Yeah, predicted it has not has, has not made any changes. They said, we'll leave the current markets open, but we're not going to make any changes to them. And then here they added him. So does this and mean- when you and when you when you go to the predicted homepage, the image that pops up in their the first image in their rotating slideshow of markets is it says Robert F. Kennedy is now live and they have the least. Fla- I'm surprised at how unflattering this RFK foot. It looks like it looks like he's not only being funded by Steve Bannon, he's also getting skincare recommendations from Steve Bannon, if you know what I mean. This is the least flattering photo of RFK Jr., 
But when I go to Democratic 2024 presidential nominee market, sure enough, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in third place at 12 cents, double the price of Kamala Harris, three times the, the price of your boy Pete Buttigieg. Speaking of speaking of disruptors and innovators, Pete Buttigieg rebuilt that I-95 bridge collapse in like 24 hours. Yeah, he did. That's pretty good. So we have to give we have to give props to your hero, Pete Buttigieg. Now it's not totally rebuilt. They rebuilt those center lanes, and they're going to keep working on it around it. But yeah, they opened it up. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. now in third place at twelve cents in this market, where where Joe Biden is actually down. Jeez, oh God, can I? Will I ever make money on this fucking goddamn predicted website? Joe Biden now at sixty eight cents, as opposed to the seventy eight cents where I bought him at. Gavin Newsom at eighteen cents. I long since sold my Gavin Newsom shares. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at twelve cents. John, is this an opportunity? Yes. To short RFK Jr. against the no doubt maniacal super fans who are probably buying up RFK Jr. shares on Predict It. It's crazy that that's where it's trading, but yeah, that's a great negative risk play right there. Uh, RFK is RFK Jr. He's ripped, uh, but he's not. Yeah, he's obviously not going anywhere. Did you see these pictures of him with his shirt off doing? Yeah, I did. I finally got a look at him in his jeans and everything. I mean, he looks pretty good. His skin mm-hmm. doesn't look good. He he, a lot definitely of sun exposure. Not use a lot of sun exposure. Uh, yeah, but he's definitely very muscular. He just, but he has that Joe Rogan thing where it's like, yeah, he looks muscular. He also just kind of looks overinflated, though. Like there's too much air in. It's like the bloat. I don't know. Is that steroids? No, it's something not right. And it's an odd look for a 70-year-old man. He could probably swim down to the Titanic with all the extra air that he's got inside him, huh? Wait, does that joke make sense? Hold on. Let me do my mathematical calculations. Something about water pressure, and if he has a lot of air... No, it doesn't work. Damn it. Well, there's lots of jokes. No, I don't want to go there. Kennedy's in water. So RFK Jr., welcome to the big time. You are officially a name on a market in Predict It. Enjoy enjoy the journey, RFK Jr., and have a good time. This guy's like such a... This guy's a useful idiot, right? He's like totally being funded by hardcore right-wingers, right? He's got to know that. What a creep. I know. And then you must I, – sometimes I really do think about these guys. Like he must think – he must dismiss that and be like, yeah, that's fine. Like because the quality of my campaign, it doesn't it, – I have so much integrity. It doesn't matter who's funding me, right? Like it doesn't matter if they're bad actors because I'm going to do a good job. Right. Don't you think he thinks something like that? Yeah, people are crazy. I'm going to tell people the truth about these vaccines. And do you think he believes this stuff about vaccines? Because yeah. then I saw they were having a fundraiser and they told everyone to be vaccinated. No, he believes this stuff. He d- He's a true believer. Yeah. These vaccines are, are okay. Yeah. Well, let's try to get him on the podcast and we can have a debate. Okay. And just, let's just debate these ideas on the merits. Okay. Maybe we can win right. him over, change some minds. All right. Alito's story, that kind of oh, got... Man papered over by all this other stuff. But that was a huge story. ProPublica coming out that uh, Lido had taken this fishing trip with the billionaire Paul Singer, I think is his name. Speaking of people letting other people, inviting other people onto their transportation modes to go on, to go to far flung. That's right. Distant lands. Didn't disclose it. Then he wrote, (laughs) put out an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. This guy is such a little punk. This makes you realize that he was the one that leaked the 
Roe uh, v. Wade decision because he's yeah. obviously very tight with the Wall Street Journal. And Absolutely. yeah, he said that the seat on the private jet would, would have been vacant if he hadn't sat in it. But it was the seat was going to Alaska where the trip is. That's not the seat isn't the thing. It's the his, trip. His argument, his argument was that because if I hadn't accepted the invitation to sit in this airplane seat to go to Alaska, all expenses paid, the seat would have been empty, in which case it would have had no value, which means there was no need for me to disclose something that has no value. I mean, this, he must have been a philosophy major. This is like <laughs> this is like all we used to do back in the day, you know? Have fun with your premises and conclusions right. and whatnot. I mean, that's a, that's that's galaxy brain thinking right there. But does the the trip have any value if he doesn't sit in the seat? That I don't know. That's grad school level philosophy. Okay. That I'm not sure of. His argument simultaneously seems to be: my friend invited me to go to Alaska. What? What? I can't go to Alaska now just because I sit on the Supreme Court. But then it was like, but I didn't recuse myself because this guy's not my friend. It did. Right? right. It, it's like there's a word for this, John. It's called sophistry or sophistry. I can't mm. remember what you call it, but it's kind of like when you're just spinning a web of bullshit in philosophy class. I think it's what the sophists used to do, or maybe they were called the sophists. Sophistry. S O P H I S T R Y. Okay. And I kind of think that's what Alito is doing. And I kind of think John Roberts kind of needs to get his Supreme Court in order because it's looking so sketchy right now. These billionaires are <laughs> these billionaires are like giving them trips, and yeah. one fucking guy like paid for Clarence Thomas's nephew's like private education or something, and bought his mom's house and like lets his mom live in the house and like paid over market value, and then you got these, then you got these planes going to and from Alaska to these hunting lodges, and then Alito's like, oh, it, it wasn't really a nice hunting lodge; it was a total piece of shit. It was there was no value to this trip. Like, come on. Yeah, they're they're untouchable. They're dons. But they're so prickly. If anyone questions their integrity, yeah. like, what is that a personality type? What kind of personality type is that? I don't know. A narcissist? No. I I don't think it's as simple as narcissism. Oppositional defiance. Where yeah, or just being a maybe it's just being a snob and a jackass. You want everyone yeah. to defer to you and respect you, and if anyone points out. That you're doing something that would call your integrity into into question, then they throw the biggest hissy fits in the world. Well, a judge would be the perfect person for that because nobody is telling the judge what to do ever. Everyone is kissing the judge's butt from every direction from the moment they're getting on the bench because that's how you get things done. That's how you get the judge to rule in your favor. So, yeah, they would be the most... Right, but that brings up another point, which is a, an enraging thing that everyone except for these jackasses can't see. It's so glaringly obvious is they are being manipulated by these rich dudes. But because they think that they are above influence and they have too much integrity, they f go right into it. Do you know what I mean? Right. But it doesn't matter whether they're being influenced or not. I believe they are. But it's it's always the appearance of impropriety, right? And their argument is, but because I know I am of sterling character, the appearance of impropriety doesn't matter because there will be no impropriety because we, I cannot be influenced. But we don't know that. We're the only ones that matter. 
And that's our fault because we don't believe in these guys' integrity. <laughs> it's like that. It's like it's yeah. like a yeah. It's like um, I don't know if it's a snake eating its own tail or a boot stomping on the face of history forever, hmm. or a or a or a MC Escher drawing about integrity and 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 depravity. But it's one of those things. I would choose the the boot stomping on history forever. I think that's something that Orwell said. He said, if you want to imagine the future, just imagine a boot stomping on your face and also kicking you from behind. Face boot and a butt boot. Two boots. That's a name. And then there was this pizza parlor and they named themselves after that. It's called Two Boots Pizza in New York. You ever heard of that? Two Boots Pizza? Did they have that when you lived in New York? No. They had Ray's Pizza and Ray Bari Mm. Pizza. And famous Ray's. Do you think if George Orwell lived in the 21st century, he would have said, if you want to imagine the future, just imagine a ray gun shooting you in the eyes forever? Like something more futuristic? Would that be good? <laughs> Do you think George Orwell would ever would have said that? Do you think George Orwell ever thought about laser guns? Like in sci- <laughs> laser oh, wait, guns. Wait, let's think about this for a second. Yeah, okay. Laser guns and ray guns. <laughs> they had those when George Orwell was yeah, writing. They By did. that point, they had – like sci-fi magazines probably would have said – Chester pulled out his ray gun and shot it shot a beam of light directly between the eyes of the threatening alien creature. He stroked his beard and said, "I'm glad I had my ray gun handy. Now let's go finish those brandies, Lieutenant Jessica." You know, sometimes sci-fi stories were a little bit cheesy like that, like Yeah. I feel like back then spacemen would have beards. That's just something I should <laughs> That's something I'm going to do some research about. Okay. Okay, I'm going to do some research about okay. that. Did old-timey right. spacemen in sci-fi stories have beards? Like back when George Orwell Wait a minute. would have Spacemen been... as in the aliens? I should say space explorers. Yeah. Space, space humans. Yeah, humans space in space. Human. Oh, yeah, sure. Definitely. All explorers have beards. Mm. And you can't shave in space. It's too messy. But that's not true. I always see footage of astronauts floating around and they're clean-shaven. Maybe they have a mustache. Like, think yeah. about it, John. But Let's I bet at the beginning that. they didn't have that technology to, mm. to vacuum it up. Okay. Space, you're I'm talking not about saying space you, vacuum? Can, you can do it, but just like in the Civil War, you know, they could probably shave, but it's easier not to. I mean, it is, it is easier not to shave. I don't like shaving. No, it is not it's fun. A it's expensive. Struggle. It's a constant struggle for me to motivate myself to shave. I yeah. never regret doing it, but oh my God, there's some How often do some you days, shave? Oh, here we go. Now we're getting into yeah. it. Everyone leans in. All right. Hey, guys, honk if you like election profit makers. Shit's about to get real. I would say that I shave four times a week. Okay. Yeah. Maybe three times a week. I think yeah. I shave three times a week. Yeah. Now we're really getting – this is yeah. unfiltered podcasting of the highest caliber. Yeah. Three. Three? Yeah. Three times it's a week? It's not four. Okay. It might not be four for me either, but I didn't want to say but three. But I bet it comes out to like 3.2 sh- over the course of a year, something like that. It's it's bad. It's not good. No, it's just so expensive to buy the razors. Why and do you keep talking about how expensive it is? It's so cheap. The ra- the razors you got – I mean you can only use them like a couple of times and then they're just like worn out. What? Mm. How many times Are you exaggerating do you, for How many times effect? do you use a ra- razor? I use Harry's razors. I I run those things into the ground. No, my skin's like, too I'll sensitive. I'll use one of those. I use oh. I use mine probably. Hmm, I don't know. A couple weeks. So okay. six six shaves. 
six shaves, and then it's done? Yeah, it's just too dull. It's just catching on everything. Wow. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. Yeah, but you just got to force it through. You drag it through. No, that's when you start bleeding. I know, it's true. A dull knife is very dangerous. A dull blade is very dangerous. That's one of those mind-blowing facts you learn as a kid where they're like, you know, a dull knife is actually more dangerous than a sharp knife. And you're like, uh, when did we go into upside down world? Mr. Backwards Day? I didn't realize Backwards Day was actually backwards year or even backwards lifetime, safe to say. But it's true. A dull knife is more dangerous than a sharp knife. Mm Mm-hmm. And a dull razor blade is more dangerous than a sharp razor blade. I mean, these are the things that you only learn if you read the Golden Book Encyclopedia with a very, very close read. Anything to add to that statement? No. All right. But I like that long pause. Everybody get naked. Yeah, yeah. Everybody show their buns. Orgy, orgy. It's erotic bad boys of the week. Let's get sexual. Bad boys are number one. Let's fuck and suck like crazy tonight. Last week, we decided to leave everyone in an ecstatic, an ecstatic state of limbo as we debated whether there would be developments in the cases of Tim Moore of North Carolina, Republican House leader in the General Assembly, and Damon Lawner of Los Angeles, former leader of the Sex Club Sanctum and, and future head of the erotic French restaurant called Puzzle. Sure enough, in the last week, both of these stories had updates. Tim Moore has admitted to his relationship on again, off again, and he said very casual. This guy was sounding like such a horn dog when he when he was interviewed about this relationship. He was like, oh, yeah, we had an understanding. This thing was extremely casual, on again, off again, no strings attached, nothing to see here. Yeah. But then he went... And this only came out this past week, but it happened months ago, I guess. The guy who is the the ex the the soon to be ex husband. I guess they're not. I guess he's not an ex husband because they're not officially divorced. Yeah, he he's separated from this woman who heads up the clerk system in North Carolina, or whatever the court clerk thing. That's the woman that Tim Moore was having this on again, off again. Like, trust me, no strings attached, mm. no emotional commitment. <laughs> he We're keeping did not it say extremely that. casual and sexual. <laughs> okay. But I mean, that was the subtext. Yeah, yeah. He agreed to have a meeting with the with the estranged husband yeah. who was furious at him for having relations with his wife. And they met at the, a local chain, John. What chain did yeah. they meet at? Biscuitville. This is the kind of detail that really pegs this <laughs> as a regional news story. They had a meeting at Biscuitville. Yeah. The Biscuitville in Raleigh. Biscuitville then becomes a site for an erotic exchange of power and grievance. Rather like, we must imagine, Sanctum. Biscuitville is basically the sanctum uh, of North Carolina. Of the triangle. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Biscuitville after dark. Now we turn to my erotic bad boy of the week nominee, the wonderfully named Damon Lawner, who since we last spoke has actually had his membership in Sanctum revoked because... In the story that I was summarizing last week in the LA Times that was profiling him as a sex Jesus who was moving from from one sex business to another, in that article, they revealed that in an Instagram post, he outed Hunter Biden as being a former Sanctum member, which is, I guess, in violation of Sanctum's privacy policy. Damon Lawner had on on taken to Instagram to say, this is this is when the um plea deal that Hunter Biden made came out. 
Lawner went on, and you know, like when something happens in the news, if you have a personal connection to it, you always want to be like, oh, but I know someone who died in a submarine, you know, right, like, right. or I know someone who took his army to go to Moscow. I was almost on that submarine. Yeah, right. Exactly. That could have been me. Lawner posted, Hunter Biden was a member at Sanctum, and I canceled his membership after one party because he's a scumbag. Oh, my God. Now, first of all. Not cool. What's not cool? That he canceled his membership for being a scumbag. <laughs> scumbag <laughs> should be allowed in Sanctum. I thought that's Hunter what all Biden's scan- like. Let me get this. Uh, Hunter Biden's <laughs> like. Let me get this straight. I'm allowed to sit on the board of all these international companies that I have no qualifications for, and yet I'm too much of a quote unquote scumbag to hang out at this L.A. sex party. I mean, he must have been doing some yeah. fiendishly scummy shit if this guy kicked him out for being a quote scumbag. Yeah. That makes me, for the first time ever, I'm I'm wondering about Hunter Biden's character and how he's doing. You know, like that's that's right. pretty sketchy. So anyway, the current owners of Sanctum have since kicked Damon Lawner out of Sanctum for violating their privacy policy. And and Lawner has said, that's fine. I don't even do that anymore. That broke up my marriage and estranged my daughters from me. So I don't even party like that anymore. I've got my new French restaurant. Now, with another week's bit of news, John, I'm going to propose that instead of crowning one of these two, the erotic bad boy of the week, we actually withhold it yet again. We keep edging our listeners and just see if more news develops on both of these stories, because I think I think we made the right play here, because I think both of these are still developing stories. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So tune in next week and we'll see if one of these breaks out, one of these two gentlemen breaks out ahead and claims the crown of erotic bad boy of the week. Melanie writes in, uh, not sure if John was being facetious in the most recent episode when he said that California doesn't get lightning, but it very much does. The 2020 mega fires in the Bay Area were famously started by thousands of heat lightning strikes. I might come back to that. Heat lightning doesn't exist. Heat lightning is just lightning. But I digress. Uh, During a heat wave in late August, I myself have watched thunder and lightning storms roll in over the L.A. basin from my living room window this past very wet winter. Disregard if he was pulling pulling all of our legs, but lightning does not discriminate based on coast. John, was this another one of your amazing jokes like Baby Jessica is fake, where it's such a subtle joke I didn't even pick up on it? Right. No, it was not a joke. If you look at lightning strike patterns in the United States, yes, everywhere in the United States does receive lightning. But the West Coast, and particularly the coast of California, uh, receives the least amount of lightning in the U.S. Uh, California, Oregon, Washington... Um, Maine, those are places that don't have much lightning compared to the other place. So when I said California doesn't even have lightning, I just meant that it doesn't have lightning relative to lightning in, Got it. in uh, say, in the southeast. And then you wanted to circle back to this concept of heat lightning. You're telling me now that heat lightning doesn't even exist? <laughs> no, heat lightning is not real. Now, is this a joke? No, 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 this is not a joke. But it's just something you grow up when you're a kid and you, you know, like you're at the beach and you're seeing these like flashes off in the distance, and you're like, wow, the heat lightning is really something. But it's not. It's just what you're seeing is a, a thunderstorm and lightning occurring very far away from you. So, Got it. So it's just lightning. So you don't feel like you owe Melanie an apology for mischaracterizing the occurrence of lightning in California. Is that correct? Uh I apologize uh, if I wasn't 
for not being more clear. I apologize if Melanie took offense. I apologize if you were offended. Yeah, right. I, took, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I apologize if my freedom of speech caused you to take offense at something I said about lightning. Right. So how often do you see lightning in Los Angeles? Never. I've never seen lightning out here. Right. So we see lightning every week here in in the summer. It is different. You're right. There's yeah. much more lightning in North Carolina than in California. Another listener letter about lightning. Blake wrote in and said, all this lightning talk made me look up the average energy of a lightning bolt. The average is about 300 million volts and 30,000 amps, with some strikes topping out at 1 billion volts. This is obviously far and away enough to kill a person, like John says. What makes a lightning strike survivable is the amount of resistance the bolt goes through before it reaches the person, like through the tr- through a tree or through the ground or a roof or whatever. Blake continues, my wife was an operating room nurse at a trauma hospital. She once had a patient that was setting up one of those big event tents, like with the metal legs. He positioned one of the support rods between his legs, and as he was raising the rod, bzzzt, he got hit by lightning. And when he arrived at the hospital, his private parts were no longer... Oh, this is very gruesome. Uh, My wife described it, quote, as gelatinous goo that just dissolved as you touched it. I can't remember, but I don't think the guy survived the lightning strike. Gelatinous goo. I mean, it was like the sub, essentially. Yeah, right. A a huge amount of energy in a a matter of milliseconds, right? The human body just has no defense against something like that. This is because we were talking last week about whether someone could survive a direct lightning strike. I stupidly thought that when someone, if you said so-and-so got hit by lightning, I thought somehow they, that meant they got directly hit by lightning, but it was just a really low voltage lightning bolt. Like, I, listen, guys, I don't know shit about lightning, okay? I, I do not know about lightning. You could tell me that it's like, oh, yeah, some lightning is as weak as a nine-volt battery, and getting hit by lightning is like licking a battery. <laughs> Then we got Blake being like, it's 300 million volts. Obviously, a human can't withstand a direct hit. So I want to make it very clear, John. When someone says, I was hit by lightning, usually what they're describing is they were close enough to something that was hit by lightning that they felt it. Is that correct? Yes. It's not that they were, it's not that the lightning bolt touched their body directly, right? Because they would be goo. Part of it did, you know, like a feeder strand shot through the pipe and came in the house and hit, hit him or something like that. But yes, right, if it was okay. a direct strike, you're not going to survive that. But one in 10 people that are struck by lightning do not survive. So those, and this is what you were saying last week, you're assuming though that those 10% of people were directly hit by lightning. Right. Or there just wasn't enough resistance in whatever hit them. Right. But I mean, wouldn't you say that this guy, he's not sure whether Which he survived guy? or not? But the guy, this guy who got hit when he yeah, was setting up the tent, the, the gelatinous yeah. goo guy, I mean, mm-hmm. he could have potentially survived. And would you say, oh, well, he didn't get struck by lightning because it hit the, it hit, no, it I hit understand. the pole first? I, I mean, it did. It hit. I it did. was not a direct strike. It hit the pole and went down and just pulverized his. I thought of lightning as like old timey ray guns and laser guns where you're only hit by it if there's a little zigzag line that goes directly into your body, mm-hmm. you know? I've been hit by lightning. I've been shot by a laser gun. That no, type it's of thing. it's more. It's but I realize more, it's, they're not exact. They're, it's they're like not an explosion. You know, it's just 
was I hit by the explosion? Well, yeah, if, if the, you were standing on the mine, you definitely were hit by it. But if you were standing 10 feet away, you were hit by yeah, it too. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, landmines is a good analogy. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. JB writes in, I contacted you some time ago with an offer to intermittently provide field recordings of rare birds and then promptly forgot all about it. Well, the time has come to pay the piper. Please find attached an audio recording, which I have amplified slightly, of a singing indigo bunting, a most unusual visitor to the area where it was observed and recorded in Benton County, Oregon, on the morning of June 17th, 2023. Usually at this time of year, these birds are found in the American Southwest desert states and east of the Rocky Mountains, and they spend their winters in Central America and Mexico. This one was far from home. Interesting. The bird sings clearly three times in the recording. An orange-crowned warbler and western wood peewee can also be heard. I apologize if the quality is not the greatest. It was recorded on my phone. This is great. I love this recording. Let's listen, everyone, to the indigo bunting. A poor little bird who was far from home. Benton County, Oregon. Very nice. We, we, we welcome other uh, bird enthusiasts sending in field recordings of birds. I like this. This is a nice tonic to all the horrible news that we just discussed. Lightning. I mean, you've got, you've got the ocean crush, turning people into dust, crushing them into dust. And then you've got lightning. You know, it's like you can't go down underwater because you'll be crushed by the water pressure. You're like, all right, well, I'm to spend all my time on the land. And then you've got lightning strikes, turns all your private areas into gelatinous goo yeah. then you can't go to sanctum because hunter biden this scumbag will make fun of you it's like there's no there's no safety anywhere and your life could end at any moment it's truly too much to think about this is a very volatile situation we find ourselves in john a very volatile situation all we can do is wish our listeners well and and look and say we hope you have a wonderful weekend that you survive and thrive and we'll talk to you next week and Ele- honk if you like election profit makers Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.